Let's continue. وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ And there must be among you an ummah. وَلْتَكُنْ Lam over here is of amr. And what does that mean? It's a command. Gives the meaning of should, must. So وَلْتَكُنْ And there should be, there must be. مِنْكُمْ From you, ummatun A group. Meaning from you, the Muslim ummah, there should be a group whose job is what? يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ Whose job is to call people to goodness. What does it mean by this? وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ مِنْكُمْ is understood in two ways. First of all, it means بَعْضَكُمْ Meaning some of you. Not every single one of you, but from the Muslim ummah, there should be some people whose full-time job is what? To call people to goodness. Who are committed to this work. This is what they do. Not part-time, but full-time. This is what they do. A dedicated group of individuals who are calling mankind to what? To goodness. What is goodness? Inshallah, we'll discuss about that. Other scholars have said that minkum doesn't mean some of you, but it means all of you. It means all of you. Right? Like we learn, وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ مِمَّا means some of that which, and it also means everything that they have. Because in some situations, everything has to be spent. Like Abu Bakr anhu, at the time of the expedition to the book, what did he bring? What did he bring? Everything that he had. Umar anhu, what did he bring that day? Half of all his possessions. So sometimes it happens that everything is demanded, and other times, some is demanded. So some scholars have said that وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ مِنْكُمْ means all of you. Meaning you, O Muslim Ummah, should be an Ummah, should be a community, such a group of people whose job, whose mission in life, whose primary goal in life is what? يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ To call people to goodness. Every single one of you is responsible for this. Every single one of us is obligated to do this. To do what? To call people to goodness. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ يَدْعُونَ they call. Okay, calling to goodness. But who? Who do they call to goodness? Who is not mentioned? Why? Because everyone deserves to be called to goodness. Those who know and also those who don't know. Men as well as women. Children as well as adults. Right? Humans and jinn. Everyone needs to be invited to goodness. So, yad'una ila al-khayr. Because Qur'an is for who? Qur'an for all. In every hand, in every heart. So, yad'una ila al-khayr. Now the question is, what is this goodness that we have to call people to? You can only call people to something when you are on it yourself. So first we have to be on this khayr ourselves. Only then we are eligible to call others, right? So what is this khayr? Khayr is goodness. And since khayr has not been specified, then we will understand it as everything that is good. Everything that is good. Now a person might say, but people have different definitions of goodness. Right? So then this goodness is what? Everything that is considered good by the law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. Everything good that Allah has informed us of, that Allah has pointed to.
And this includes that which is good with regards to the deen, as well as that which is good with regards to the dunya. Okay? Khair with regards to deen, as well as with regards to the dunya. With regards to the deen, it's understood. Any good deed. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ They call to good deeds. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ دَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا Right? خَيْرًا What does خَيْرًا mean? Good deed. So calling people to good deeds. Reminding other people to perform good deeds. If people forget, remind them. If people don't know, teach them. If people don't see an opportunity, direct them. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ so for example, if you call someone to study the Qur'an, is that calling to goodness? Yes. If you remind someone that, okay, the sun is about to set, it's going to be Maghrib time soon, let's read our evening adhkar. Is that calling to goodness? Yes. If you tell someone, let's pray, is that calling to goodness? Yes. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ And with regards to the dunya, what is khair? It is everything which is compatible with the deen, meaning which does not contradict the deen. It is beneficial for the people. Okay? So anything that is good, ma'roof, it's recognized as good, but what's the condition? It should not contradict the deen. Alright? It should not contradict the deen. Because we see that many people are doing good things, but they may be doing those good things in a way that does not conform to the religion. For example, let's say a draw or something like that. Why? To help a charity. Right? So, okay, goodness, you tell somebody, please come, let's participate in this draw, all the benefits are going to go to this so-and-so charity. Is that calling to goodness? No, it's not. It's not, because you're calling people to haram, to participate in lottery or something like that, which we have discussed earlier in Surah Al-Baqarah, that maysir, right, game of chance, this is something that's not permissible. So, let's review what khair means. Khair therefore includes everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes, He approves of, that does not contradict the deen in any way. This includes the rights of Allah. Okay, this includes the rights of Allah. So for example, when we hear, Hayya ala salah, is that a call to goodness? Yes. This also includes the rights of people. If someone says, respect your mom, okay, speak to her nicely, listen to your dad, be good to your brother. Be good to your children. Don't yell at them. This is what? يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ Rights of people. Likewise, this includes the rights of the rest of the creation. So for example, calling to goodness would include being nice to animals, for instance. So no dumping. Alright? No leaving garbage outside unnecessarily. And only on garbage day, but not otherwise, because otherwise you'll be harming the animals. Right? Destroying the ecosystem, so on and so forth. So, this is also yad'una ilal khair. Sponsoring orphans, yad'una ilal khair. Helping run a charity, this is what? Yad'una ilal khair. And remember that yad'una ilal khair also includes tarkushar, leaving that which is evil, leaving that which is bad. So stopping people from bad even. So for example, if there is a group of people who are creating awareness amongst people about elephants, for instance, that, you know, don't poach elephants and don't kill them unnecessarily, stop this ivory trade. You know, for example, is that yad'una ilal khair? But what do we say? Oh, it's not Islamic, so forget it. Yeah? You know, for example, in high schools, in universities, there are many groups that come together. Aren't there? Aren't there? To spread awareness about different things. About, for example, poverty in Canada. 
right? Or about, for example, abuse that exists in families, you know, domestic violence or, or abuse against children, or about how their innocent minds may be corrupted with things that they should not be taught at a very young age, for instance. But what is our attitude generally? We say, oh, you know what, it's not something Islamic, so I stay away from it. If it was Islam Awareness Week, then yes, I would go and volunteer. But if it's to spread awareness about poverty in Canada, then I don't have anything to do with that. I won't participate in that. But what do we learn from this ayah? It is the responsibility of every Muslim to call people to goodness. So please, for God's sake, as a Muslim, when such good opportunities rise in your school, in your university, at your workplace, wherever you are, then what should you do? Participate. But what's the condition? It should not contradict the deen. It should not contradict the deen. This is something that we forget a lot. Don't we? We say, yeah, but, you know, we're just spreading awareness and so what if I'm wearing a t-shirt, you know, and half of my arms are exposed and, you know, I'm standing next to a guy and my arm is touching his, but, you know, so what? I'm doing something so righteous. You know, I'm spreading awareness amongst people. No. You will do it in the way that is correct. You will not go against the deen that Allah has taught you. And can you... Observe the deen as well at the same time, especially living in this country. You have no reason. Of course you can. Because alhamdulillah, this country gives you freedom of religion, respects your faith. So yad'una ilal khayr. We need to be active in the community. Yad'una ilal khayr. Wa bil ma'roof. And the second thing that we Muslims are supposed to do is what? And they order that which is ma'roof. What's the difference between yad'una ilal khair and ya'muruna bil ma'roof? There is a difference. First of all, there is a difference between khair and ma'roof. Khair is that which is good, right? And ma'roof is from the root letters ain ra fa and irfan recognition to recognize, right? To acknowledge. And ma'roof object is that which is recognized. That which is accepted. So what is ma'roof then? That everything which the Sharia recognizes as good and declares as something that is rewardable. Okay? Everything that the Sharia recognizes as good, meaning the law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, it includes it within itself. Alright? It acknowledges it, it accepts it, it includes it. Ma'roof. It considers it as ibadah. And remember that ma'roof is also that which is considered good by the intellect, okay, by the culture, alright? But again, what's the condition? That it should not contradict the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ They enjoin that which is ma'roof. Now, يَأْمُرُونَ is from amr. And amr is to command, to instruct. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ is general. Calling people to goodness, this is what? General. So for example, you're spreading awareness. But يَأْمُرُونَ بالمعروف is more specific. So for example, يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ is at a mass level. So for example, a person speaking at an event. This is what? يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ A person, a khatib, speaking at the mimbar, giving a khutbah. 
This is what? Yad'una ilal khayr. This is at a general level, mass level. But ya'muruna bil ma'roof is at a specific level. So for example, you tell your sister, you tell her, pray. Or you tell your brother to do something good. Alright? You tell your friend, you tell your neighbor. So we see that ya'muruna bil ma'roof is at an individual basis. It's at a personal level. In yad'una ilal khayr, you will come across strangers. Okay? You will talk to people. You know, people you know, people you don't know. But ya'muruna bil ma'roof is at an individual level. So for example, your sister, she's not praying. So if you tell her to pray, is that ya'muruna bil ma'roof? Yeah? Okay. If your friend is sitting in class and she's falling asleep and you tell her, sit properly, is that ya'muruna bil ma'roof? Yes. If your friend in class is not taking notes, she's just sitting with her hand on her hand, and you tell her, right, is that ya'muruna bil ma'roof? Yes. If your friend keeps walking out of class, coming in late, and you tell her, come on man, be on time, is that ya'muruna bil ma'roof? Yes. If let's say you dress up to go out somewhere, and your brother, or let's say your dad, or your mother, or whoever says, that hijab is a little see-through. Is that ya'muruna bil ma'roof? Yes. Okay? So, ya'muruna bil ma'roof. This is an obligation on who? On every Muslim. But what do we do typically? It's her business. Their business. Their life. Their decision. Right? So we feel as if we're interfering. But you can get the message across without even making a person feel that you're interfering in their private matters. You could say the same thing in a friendly way too. For example, the sister sitting next to you, if she's falling asleep in class, not taking notes, one is that you say, I'm going to tell the teacher. <laughs> okay, you threaten them. Or you just glare at them, right, with your eyes wide open. Or you nudge them really hard so that you poke your elbow into their rib. Right? Or that you frighten them, they're dozing off, they're falling asleep, and you frighten them. Okay? Is that a good way? No. Could you do that in a better way? How can you do that in a better way? You look at them and you smile and you look at their pen. Right? You look at them, smile, look at their pen and just, you know, with your eyebrows point to the pen, you know, pick it up, nice pen. Or if you feel that they don't have a pen, you give them a pen. They get the message, right? Don't they? So yeah, muruna bil ma'roof. Be creative, but do tell other people about good things. What happens if we don't tell other people about good things? What's the drawback? What's the harm? That goodness will not spread then. It will remain limited to some people. For example, everyone's supposed to be taking notes right now. If your friend is not taking her notes, she's not writing the singular, she's not writing the tafsir, then what will happen on her test? What will happen when it comes time to do the assignment? She will suffer, right? So, ordering that which is good is not to poke your nose into other people's personal business. It is in fact to benefit people. It is for their own good. It is out of well-wishing. يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ When you command that which is right, then inevitably you will also have to forbid from that which is wrong. Many times it happens that when people are praying... In jama'ah, a person might be standing next to you who is not really praying the sunnah way, or the way that you have learned. 
So for example, they are holding their hands in a particular way, they're sitting in a particular way, and you nudge them and you kick them or you step on their foot so that they cannot move their foot, you squish their toe, you know, they'll get offended. They'll get offended. What's better? That after salah, you tell them. You know, sister, I'd like to share something with you. Sometimes we become very harsh and aggressive in commanding that which is right and forbidding that which is wrong, that we end up hurting other people. We end up offending them. So, وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ يَنْهَوْنَ فَمْ نَهِي نُونْ هَيَا And munkar is the exact opposite of ma'roof. Munkar is from noon kafra, that which is rejected. So everything that is rejected by the sharia, by the law that Allah has revealed. Everything that the deen disapproves of, everything that the deen rejects, whether it is some action that the deen rejects, does not approve of, whether it is some kind of manner, some kind of akhlaq that the deen does not allow. Right? So for example, theft, for example, zina, for example, hurting other people, disrespecting the parents. Right? This is what? Munkar. Doing drugs. This is what? Munkar. Having you know, a relationship with someone that is not correct. This is what? Munkar. So when you know that someone is engaging in munkar, should you leave them to do whatever they're doing? No. You have to stop them. Because stopping someone who is doing something wrong is also well-wishing for them. You know, the Prophet ﷺ said, أُمْصُرْ أَخَاكَ ظَالِمًا أَوْ مَظْلُومًا Help your brother, whether he is the one who is committing injustice or the one on whom injustice is being done. So the people said, yeah, we understand that you help the one on whom injustice is being done, but how do you help the one who is the unjust person? What was the answer? By stopping him. By stopping him. So, وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Out of well-wishing, also stop them from the wrong that they are doing. So for example, if somebody is sitting in the class is sending a text message to someone, and you're sitting right next to them, sending a text message in class, is that ma'roof or munka? What is it? Munka. Because see the big signs that used to be here once upon a time? I don't know if they're still on the pillars. No cell phones allowed. But anyway, you know the rule. Right? So, if you stop someone nicely, in a nice way, by just pointing your pencil towards that sign, right? Or, or pointing towards the Jews, for example, then are you forbidding that which is wrong? Yes. If you know someone who is doing drugs, for example, is harming themselves, their health, ruining their life, then are you not supposed to stop them? You have to stop them. Right? You have to get help for them. If you know that someone is making really bad financial decisions, really bad decisions for their family, or personal decisions, then again, you have to stop them. Because if you leave them on their own, they're going to harm themselves, they're going to suffer. So, وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ They stop from indecent things, from those things which are detestable. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Allah says, those who أَدَّعُونَ الْآمِرُونَ أَنَّهُونَ those who call to goodness, those who command that which is right, forbid that which is wrong. Such people are who? Humul muflihun. They're the ones who are successful. Who are muflihun? Successful ones. What two things are included in falah? One is salama and the other is kasb. Falah includes two things. Salama, meaning you're saved from harm. And secondly, it includes kasb, meaning you earn that which is good. So you're saved from harm. And you get that which is good. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدْ فَازِ That whoever is saved from the hellfire, salama. 
and admitted into Jannah, kasb faqad faz. Then that person is successful. So Allah says, وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Those are the successful ones. Those are the ones who will be saved in the hereafter. Those are the ones who will get Jannah and reward. So if we want to be muflihun, what do we have to do? These three things. يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ يَنْهَوْنَ عَلِ الْمُنْكَرِ then Allah says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا And do not be like who? كَالَّذِينَ Like those people who تَفَرَّقُوا They became divided. Don't be like those people who have become divided. تَفَرَّقُوا from تَفَرُّقْ فَارَقَافِ To split up. To be separated from each other. And وَاخْتَلَفُوا And they disagreed with each other. Now again, differences do exist. Does this mean that don't have any differences? اِخْتِلَافِ is the opposite of love. Over here, ikhtilaf is the opposite of love. And tafarruq is the opposite of brotherhood, of unity. So don't be like those people who tore apart from each other, who separated from one another. So each, you know, made their own group, their own masjid, okay, their own circle of friends. And then, تَفَرَّقُوا even that they began to dislike others. You get the picture? That, for example, all of us are here. May Allah protect us. But if some of us say, no, we don't like the way classes are taught here. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to start our own classes. So they go start their own classes. And when they start their own classes, what has happened? تَفَرُّق Division. Okay. Then what happens? Then they say, you know what? We don't like that class. And they talk bad about them. Each group talks bad about the other. Then this is what? Ikhtilaf. Disunity and hatred. Division. Allah says, don't be like such people who divide up and then they differ so much that instead of loving your own brothers and sisters, you begin to dislike them. Instead of working together, the work is broken up. Instead of working for the same mission, efforts are divided. If five people are working together, will they not be more successful than one person working on his own? Yes. Because when people are together, then A, you have more manpower. B, you have more resources. C, you have more advice. Right? You have more support. And D, you have the mercy of Allah. A hadith tells us that يَدُ اللَّهِ فَوْقَ الْجَمَاعَةِ The hand of Allah is above the jama'ah, is above the congregation. Meaning when people work together, when they are united, then Allah's special help and assistance is with them. And when their aim becomes competition, then what happens? Gradually, they dwindle away. Gradually, their work comes to a stop. The khair that people were being called to, the benefit that was being given to people, it stops. So then at the end, who suffers? The entire ummah suffers. Who suffers? People suffer because of you. Because of us. So this is why, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ تَفَرَّقُوا وَاخْتَلَفُوا Be united. Stay together. Work for the same mission. Work for the same goal. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ تَفَرَّقُوا وَاخْتَلَفُوا مِن بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ After clear evidences have come to them. Who is this referring to? The Bani Israel. They were given knowledge. They were given the kitab. They were given guidance. But what happened? What happened? They divided up. They separated from one another. Which is why it's amazing 
that they believe in the same book, yet they are different. For example, the Yahud, the Nasara, they are different. They have the same book, the Old Testament. They all believe in it. But still we see that there is difference, there is disunity. Each group calls themselves differently. Right? Each book interprets the book differently. So Allah says, don't be like them. That they differed after the clear evidences came to them. وَأُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for such people is a great punishment. For who? Who forget the mission, who forget the goal, who forget the purpose, and they only remember themselves. And they only remember what so-and-so said, and what so-and-so did, and what so-and-so did not do. Their goal becomes themselves, not the deen, not the Qur'an, not hidayah. You know, when your mission is the same, when your goal is the same, then you can overlook, you can pardon the mistakes of the other individual. But when your goal is to have supremacy for yourself, if you're focused on your own self, that nobody say anything bad about me, everybody praise me, nobody criticize my work, then can you pardon, can you forgive others? No, you cannot. So Allah tells us, don't be like such people who have forgotten the purpose, they're lost in their own pride and arrogance, for such there will be a great punishment. Let's listen to these verses. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ تَفَرَّقُوا وَاخْتَلَفُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ What do we learn in these two verses? What came to your mind? Starting from the beginning. وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ what comes to your mind? Yes. So in this verse comes to mind is that, you know, we should want to what for ourselves, for the entire community, you know, and that is we shouldn't be selfish. That's one of the things that comes to mind. This is very true. That a believer, a Muslim can never be selfish. You have to like for others what you like for yourself. And this is why when you like something for yourself, you will tell others about it too. You will not hide it from the rest of the people. If you're doing something good and others are not doing it, they're being deprived of it, you cannot sleep unless they also find out, unless they can also do it. Likewise, if somebody is doing something wrong, they're harming themselves again. You cannot be selfish and remain quiet over there and say it's their own business. A believer cannot be selfish. Likewise, we see that as a community, we cannot be a selfish community. We should not be like a parasite community. This is a description that has been given to the Muslims. You know that? That we are like a parasite community. That we suck and suck and suck. Meaning we take benefits selfishly from the country, whatever country that we're in, whether it is welfare benefits or health benefits or education or whatever. But when it comes to giving back, when it comes to contribution, then what are we contributing? Hardly anything. And what's the excuse that we have? Oh, we're Muslim. We can't do this. We can't do that. 
يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ Now you understand what khayr means. So you have to participate in this. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, before he received prophethood, there was a pact that the mushrikeen of Makkah they had made, the leaders. And this pact was about you know, making a firm promise that any visitor who comes to Makkah will be taken care of, will be hosted in a good way. There are many things that were a part of this pact. So it was about welfare, about general goodness. And the Prophet ﷺ said after prophethood that if he was given a chance to make such a pact again, he would do so. But we see that we believers, if you're going to sponsor an orphan, it has to be a Muslim. If you're giving food, it has to be at a masjid. If you're giving charity, it has to be to a Muslim. And we forget about the rest of the human beings. Yadruna ilal khair. Yadruna means call who? Everybody. Everyone. Very important point has been raised up that when we are to benefit other people, then we also have to benefit each other, right? Those who are closer to us. But if someone's missing from the class, if someone's not there, we're like, yeah, it's their choice, their decision. But at least find out, what if they're sick? What if they're unwell? What if they didn't find a ride? What if, you know, something happened to their car? You know, at least find out. At least do something. I'm so sorry, I didn't complete my thought. Something actually that came to mind was um, when we want good for ourselves only, it's not necessary that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be pleased with us. Like there was this worshiper who would only be concerned about himself and he lived in a valley and he would only be concerned with what he was doing and he was surrounded by people who were involved in wrong. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told, like, had him punished first in the valley and he said destroyed that valley where he is. Because if someone sees the wrong, yet they don't stop others and they are more responsible. I have a question actually, because when we talk about Ya Maruna Bil Maruf, within the family and within the friends, we always have people who are somehow, I mean, you see them doing something wrong, whether about their clothes or something like that, I mean. How to stop them? And when you, um, if you talk with them in a very subtle, polite way, even then it leads to some kind of, you know, they feel offended. And just because of that fear that they don't feel angry or offended, you feel hesitant to guide them at times. So what should we do at that time? A very good question, uh, which will be answered in a few minutes, inshallah. We will learn about the etiquette, the proper way of doing Amr bil Maruf and Nahiyan al-Munkar, in which, inshallah, I hope that all these questions will be answered. But before we get there, a few lessons that we learn in these ayat. First of all, about the obligation of calling to khair upon the ummah. 